the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote. The same as a couple of weeks ago, tonight I have a pair of guests on The Antidote. I should say that I've always had an issue with modern worship music. Sorry to say this, but I find it mindless and derivative. I once heard worship music described as being 11 words repeated seven times. And from most worship songs that I've heard, that's exactly what they are. Much of the reason for having tonight's guest for a talk is probably just me working through my own personal problems with worship. I do participate in corporate worship, but I guess it's my critical view of the music that doesn't leave me feeling closer to God during a song service. You may not agree with me, and you can always throw stones at me because I can take it. Obviously, tonight's show gets into worship music, but this is worship that's far from being typical. Later in the show, I speak with the alternative indie worship band Informants. Right now comes my talk with Sam John of Toronto's metal church, Church Underground. Enjoy. The Antidote is here with Sam John, the pastor of Toronto's Church Underground. Great to have a chance to be able to meet with you, Sam. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure being on Antidote Radio. You guys support the scene all across the world. I'm really proud to be on the channel. Oh, thanks so much. I guess you and I first connected because of your role as vocalist for White Noise out of Bangalore, India. You're a long, long way from home. Yeah, I grew up in Bangalore, India till 2013. And then I moved to Canada in 2014. So... Yeah, I used to be the vocalist of the first Christian metal band in India named White Noise. And uh, yeah, I mean, who who knew that God was preparing me for something else? <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a huge change. I mean, here you are, you and your family moving to Canada. How different is Toronto from Bangalore? I mean, there's a lot of uh, similarities because Bangalore is another urban city which is multicultural. In the sense it has a lot of people from the different states or provinces uh, from India coming to work in the city. So you learn different cultures, languages, uh, but it's mainly Indian culture. Uh, But in Toronto, you get to see a lot of different cultures, different people, the way they talk, the way they uh, have uh, you know different functions and their their taste buds and you get to taste different food and so it's it's good I mean but it's also different in the sense that you don't have social networks that you had back in India so you kind of have gone back to a place where you don't know many people at all and uh, you're trying to establish yourself in the country to get a job to settle down your family and all these things that you wouldn't really need to work hard on when you're back in a place or your comfort zone. So, yeah, it's been similar and been uh, different. But I, like I say to a lot of my uh, friends, uh, while growing up in Bangalore, I used to like eating burgers, listening to metal music, you know, <laughs> doing different things uh, that would be considered normal here in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I I didn't take much time to assimilate. And, in fact, I'm very comfortable in Canada. You spoke about metal bands in Bangalore. (laughs) And I've spoken with a few of the bands from there. They've Mm -hmm. told me that the majority of people in that city are Christian. Really, then, I'd say it might have been a surprise for you to come to Toronto and find that Christians are in the minority. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, uh I wouldn't say in the city, in Bangalore, majority are Christians. But what happens is uh, usually the Christians in Bangalore are there because they have jobs or they're highly skilled. So they know English. They are very skilled. So what happens is usually in the churches, they play in the church worship band and things like that. And they try to explore 
a little different route that happens to be rock and metal. So there happens to be a lot of Christian rock and metal bands that originated out of Bangalore uh, due to that reason. And uh, in Toronto, because the way the city is so distant, like, I mean, a person could be up in Ajax and the other person could be Mississauga, the, uh, the third person could be in Barrie. It's, it's almost impractical to even meet up for a jam. So I think uh, that is a big challenge. Of course, there's the other thing, too, that there are no exclusive Christian musicians. You you play all kinds of music. So the expectation of being an exclusive Christian musician is totally out of the picture in Toronto. The melodic death metal of white noise has been on the antidote before, and for good reason. It's perfect. Here's Sam John taking the vocals on their song, Father God. Oh 
the interesting thing about you, Sam, is that you did come to Toronto with a purpose, and it was sort of music and sort of not, but maybe you can explain what Church Underground is all about. Yeah, so I came in 2014, and uh, I really came here just to settle down with my family uh, and just, you know, catch up with bands when they come to tour, because in India, you, you get to watch bands, but... Not all bands at all times, right? So uh, I went for the Warp Tour. I went for Riot Fest here in Toronto and just saw a lot of kids enjoying music. Some of them uh, may or may not be really having a purpose in their life. Like uh, I see a lot of them, you know, they're either into music, into drugs and things like that. So I, I thought, you know, what, what can I do or what can we do here in the city of Toronto? And uh, me and a couple of guys, so I met online, we started praying and slowly God just developed this idea of a church. And um, the first, I was totally against it because I know there's already a lot of churches here. And when I looked around, there was not a church that was catering uh, really to the uh, folks who listen to underground music. So we prayed about it for two and a half years. And uh, we also had some mentors and people who prayed and we worked together. And last October, we launched the church. So mainly Church Underground is a safe place for people to explore their faith. We don't have uh, certain protocols on what clothes you should be wearing, what uh, what is the format of our service. You need to be a Christian to worship God. You know, all those things don't come into play. They can come as they are. And we want God and the Holy Spirit to touch their lives, uh, not by force, but through our love. So our focus is love. Uh, and that's why our motto is belong, believe and become. What about for you personally? Is pastoring a church instead of fronting a band a stretch for you? Yeah, absolutely. While I grew up in India, I was not a public speaker or a person who... Uh, really like to speak on stage or to take leadership in a church, uh, even though I, I knew what it is because my great-grandfather was a pastor, my granddad was a pastor, my dad's a pastor. So I, I know what it curtails, and I never ever imagined that I'm going to be a pastor. You were that's, destined. Yeah, <laughs> that's the last thing on my mind. So, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot out of you, like in terms of uh, time, commitment, prayer, preparation, uh, dealing with people, you know, all of those things, uh, you need skills. And while fronting a band doesn't really require all of these skills, the only thing you need to do is practice, 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 and just come on stage, just do the thing and get off stage. So, yeah, it's been a learning curve. I'm slowly learning. I'm still on the path of learning. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I would be on the path of learning for a long time. Uh, and yeah, it's been exciting. It's been uh, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's I still do vocals for the band, so I have dual responsibility, which makes it more exciting. And uh, yeah, it's fun. God is good. <laughs> I've got to apologize for the quality of this recording from that worship service, but it will give you a feel of what it's like.
I get the idea of having ethnic Christian churches, because mm-hmm. obviously people are more comfortable hearing the message in their first language. Is it yeah. that same sort of reasoning to open a metal church? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say yes, because wherever you go in the world, like even if it's India, I was in the Middle East for some time, there are metalheads there. I've seen videos of metalheads in China, in Brazil, in North America, in Europe. So there is a common language. There is a brotherhood. There is a feeling of family uh, among people who listen to rock and metal, especially when you come for the gigs. And unlike any other music, there is this passion that is there, this energy that is there between people who are there to get a metal gig. So, I mean, I wanted to cultivate that sense of community. Uh, Having said that, uh, the reason why we call it Church Underground is not to be exclusively metal. We are open to rock, metal, even later on if there is an underground EDM scene or hip-hop scene. We are open to opening our avenues in the future even to that. So we are not closed down uh, by the metal genre per se. However, we may actually look at you know having different services, uh, catering to different crowds of people because they want to feel like they are at home. So that may be in the future, but as of now, it's rock and metal. You must find conservative Christians disagreeing with the idea that worship can come out of metal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, growing up in India, so I grew up in a very conservative Pentecostal family. And while being the vocalist of a Christian metal band, I had a lot of People, even from the States, my relatives in the States who called up and my dad and mom and said that they, I am satanic and, you know, all the <laughs> uh, perceptions people have about rock and metal and all these music. But in the end of the day, in front of God, like when you bow on your knees and you're humble before God and you pray to God, uh, you're open about the fact that you're worshiping God through this music. It's just a form of worship. Even now, my perspective is if God tells me today that metal music is wrong, I'm willing to throw it away. So I'm open about it. But I'm sure God is not a God <laughs> who says metal music is wrong. It's just a way of playing the guitars or just a way of drumming at that speed or drumming with a little bit of complex structures. Uh, I don't think God is very unhappy with the music that we play, as long as genuine worship. How does the church underground go about connecting with people in the Canadian metal scene? Yeah, so what we do is we play a lot of shows. So what we do is we go and play as church underground metal band at different venues. And then we try to connect with musicians, with the people who have shown up at the gig, give them invite cards and, you know, just try and hang out with them and let them know that there is a place like this so they can come to if they are interested and uh, just being open about it and just loving on them. That's one of the things that we do. The second thing is uh, uh, we try and keep our admin costs as low as possible. So uh, we do meetups.com. We just do like applied Bible studies. We have a group on that. Then uh, we want to run this Bible study like once a month in different parts of the city at a coffee shop or someplace. So, yeah, we use these different tools that's available in the public, even the public library community center. Uh, We use the community center wants to have a a session on financial planning. So, yeah, we're trying little things which are a little different uh, to kind of uh, reach out to the public. Yeah. I mean, so far it's going good, but there's a long way to go. I don't want you to take this as me being negative, because I really do want to know, should the church cater to every cultural group? Uh, Yes and no. Like, for example, let's say a church like Elevation Church, they kind of find more of the millennials being catered to, even though it's multicultural. Mainly, it seems to be millennials who happen to go to that church, but... If you go to a traditional church, probably it's people who are in their 50s, 60s, some of them in their 40s who connect, so uh, who might be speaking Spanish or might be Italian or might be Indian or, I mean, there are different cultures. So, I mean, it depends on the church, really, uh, if they're trying to cater to everyone that's being a multicultural church, 
they might have their struggles with dealing with millennials, Generation Y, Generation X, baby boomers. So they have to cater to each and every segment. Uh, that's why you find a lot of churches having different events under different categories. Yeah, so they people seem to be consumers most of the time. <laughs> 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 Not wanting to do anything, but just want it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's a big challenge in, uh, uh, for the churches, I feel. Hi everyone, this is Sam Thrower John from White Noise. Welcome to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Deliver us another track from Sovereign Name, the 2015 album by White Noise. And here's the last of my conversation with Sam John. What about for yourself, Sam? How does metal reflect your faith? I mean, uh, while growing up, I've been praising God in my Indian ethnic language. And uh, while singing the songs, we also speak in tongues and we clap our hands. And there's a different way of worship in the South Indian ethnic style, right? So when I started listening to metal, I found that there's a lot of energy in metal that if we kind of translated that into worship, we would be able to generate a far more traction in terms of energy and and worship. So back in the day, I used to listen to all these Maiden, Slayer, Anthrax, all of them, right, on the tapes. And then I was looking for Christian alternatives and I found Petra, White Cross, Guardian, Holy Soldier. <laughs> and then the internet came in and then he started downloading other stuff. And then I came to know, okay, maybe this is something that we can do. And we slowly formed a band. And we found that music actually can be used for glorifying God. 
So, uh, like, while listening to a lot of uh, metal music, like, for example, bands like Sleeping Giant, For Today, even bands, the older bands like Extol, all these bands use that pain and that aggression that metal gave into worship. Uh, so that was very attractive to me because every other form of Christian music didn't talk about pain or didn't talk about hurt or didn't talk about glorifying God, like how David was talking to God in the book of Psalms. Right. Which I found in metal was very, very evident. And it was more like a conversation, which was very normal. Uh, that is one of the things that attracted me to metal in worship. So I would say that is the reason why I think metal and worship go together. I suppose that everyone has this question in the back of their mind. What takes precedence? Is it the music or the message? Message, any day. Because uh, I would say the order of things would be first God, then comes metal music. So for me, if the music is uh, glorifying God. Well, Sam, you are one big dude. And I really wonder, like, instead of going to all the work of opening a church, couldn't you yeah. just intimidate people into accepting Christ? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that big. It's just, you know, I, I weigh 260 pounds. It's just my <laughs> genes, I guess. <laughs> it's your dynamic presence. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wish I could. I... Back in the day when I was very rebellious, uh, when I used to be in, you know, different kinds of things, when I didn't know God, I used to use force and used to use uh, my aggression and anger into uh, different things like fights and things like that. But after coming to know Christ, you come to know that you are not the center of attraction. You come to know that everything that you do has to be in line with Christ and his principles. So right now, I don't, <laughs> even if someone... Uh, says that I'm I'm like satanic or abuses me or something. I'm I'm very calm, knowing that I'm very secure in God. And I think a lot of Christians miss out the aspect of love. And even while on stage, if we can love people and just show that positive energy flowing out and loving people instead of judging them, it can change lives even today. The antidote has been here with fellow metalhead and pastor Sam John. Best of success with the Church Underground, Sam. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave.
So now we've heard about the metal side of worship, and we're going to go in a completely different direction as I speak with the frontman of the indie worship band, Informants. Christian Victory of Informants is here with The Antidote. Man, thanks for coming. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You have to explain about Christian Victory. Stage name? No, a lot of people think that. It's actually really funny, but yeah, that's my real name. That's my real name, Christian Victory. My mom uh, is an atheist. No, just kidding. She's obviously not an atheist. <laughs> no, yeah, no, she just, uh, I think she just wanted me to be as much like Jesus as uh, I could, and so she thought she'd name me something and hope for the best. <laughs> so then every church that's named Christian Victory, they have to pay you a royalty. Well, it's pretty funny, because like, when I go to Long McQuay, when we have to rent tour gear and stuff, everybody thinks I'm a church. They're like, Are you, aren't you the church? Whatever. Like, no, that's my name. That's really me, Christian Victory. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even told you the best part yet. My middle name's Emmanuel. That's not a joke. That's true. <laughs> You've got it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You sure it wouldn't be like one of those sappy Christian romance novels? That would be the name they would choose? You know what? Probably, probably. I don't think I'd fit the. Uh, I don't think I'd fit the look, but uh, maybe the name fits. So, <laughs> well, we're here really to talk about the music of informants, and it's worship music, but really with the indie rock edge. The majority of listeners to the antidote aren't Christian. They may not even understand what worship is. What does it mean? Uh, I mean, worship. That's such a broad thing to try to describe, but I think trying to simplify it. I think it just means uh, songs or at least lyrics um, that, you know, just try to honor Jesus and God and just tell them how you feel about them in a good way, you know. Worship music is also a sore point in some churches. You know, there are some churches that want it slow and mellow and to have a drummer, they want to take him out and shoot him. <laughs> others want only choruses and others just want traditional hymns. Where does informants fit in? Um, I mean, honestly, it's a challenge that we've had uh, since we started trying to balance, you know, um, trying to help people when they're in their faith or whatever, but also trying to stay true to, you know, our music. And so um, we definitely try to push the envelope in terms of musical expression. Uh, we're definitely influenced by not probably what most worship bands are playing influenced by. And so we, yeah, definitely we try to push the envelope and we haven't even gotten nearly as close as what we want to do in terms of, you know, pushing the envelope in terms of what, stereotypically, what worship sounds like. You brought up the point about influences. Who are? You got to name them. Right. Well, I mean, even more than musically uh, influence, I mean, I could tell you a bunch of different people and I, and I, and I will. But I think, uh, I guess what I was getting at is I remember uh, when I was in high school, and I used to go to church, and I seen uh, the way that people worship or the way that songs are played. And, and most of the time when people are just kind of really reserved when they're trying to sing the songs and stuff. And then I started getting into this music. Uh, I, was, I actually loved the hardcore scene. And I was one of the emo screamo. I love all that stuff, uh, even just before that. And I used to... <laughs> no, I don't see any of that coming through. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so I, I've seen... And then I've seen some of these bands, and I've seen how they... Just the raw energy... And the expression that they give when they play, and, and not just them when they play, but when the crowd interacts, the way that they interact, and everybody's just going mad. And I'm like, this is what I feel like worship should be like. And so that's kind of what we are trying to do. But what usually happens is that we'll kind of freak out on stage at a church or something, and people just don't know how to respond. And so they'll say, I loved what you did, but I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> And so what we're trying to figure out is how to create this culture where we can show people how to worship uh, in a new way. 
but really, most of the churches you walk into, you get into the sanctuary, and there's a big sign up there that says, Moshing Not Allowed. <laughs> I haven't seen that sign yet, but uh, my hope is that maybe there will be some signs created when we when we get there, because people will be moshing, hopefully. One day, that would be a dream come true. I'm really getting into the music from informants. Here's We Move from their uprising release. unique about informants is that you refer to yourself as a worship band that's a career killer for a lot of musicians yeah i mean we just wanted to be true to who we are because i've been in bands before and I, i've tried playing in a hardcore band and a, and a rock band and all these things and it was a lot of fun but i just find that when i write songs uh it's always worship that comes out and so i just felt like 
this is who we are, this is what we do, and we just want to be true to who we are and, and ourselves, and that's what Informers was always supposed to be. I mean, that doesn't mean that we might not ever play in a different sort of band, but I think that worship is what we write, and so even if it doesn't sound like musically what worship you know, typically sounds like, I think lyrically and in terms of our intention, worship is what we are. So, I sort of need to tell you where I'm coming from. I mean, I recently had somebody who asked me, what worship song was really speaking to me. You know, and I don't think he was too happy when I told him that I found worship music to be drivel and mindless and that none of them were speaking to me. Am I being too harsh? Um, I think the challenge with people when they write worship, there is a fine line, and I, and I totally get it. I think a lot of times worship music is... Uh, coined as um, not creative and you're just singing the same thing everybody has the same verses and I've seen YouTube videos that are hilarious of how to write a worship song on 30 seconds and I when I do worship seminars I usually show that video because I think it's hilarious but I think one thing about worship is that the intention behind it is not necessarily always about being super creative but it's also just trying to find everybody where they're at where and how they can participate in the song but between that what can happen sometimes is that you lose creativity. And so it's tricky. It's, I think worship songs, even though some people think it's the easiest thing to write, in a lot of ways it is, um, especially traditional, typical worship. Um, I think it's also one of the hardest things to write, especially if you want to be original. Informus isn't the only band that's trying to create a new style of worship music, but it is rare. Why change things up? Why not just keep the music traditional? I mean, I don't think that traditional worship should stop. Um, I just don't think that what we do, we can't, we're not, that's not us. And so we're okay with trying to do something new. And I think that we're ready for something new. I mean, and things have progressed. We think that, you know, uh, traditional or, you know, current or modern worship now is boring and old and not creative. But my dad used to be in a, in a band years ago and he remembers they weren't even allowed to have drum sets inside the church building. And so, we have progressed, I mean, very, very slowly, sadly, but I just really hope that we can create an expression where the passion can be the most shown in worship settings versus, like, you know, football games or a hardcore show. I spoke about your band being effectively indie rock. Does any kind of a genre allow itself to be formed into worship music? Yeah, I mean, I think if you would want to you know, say worship as a specific genre. I mean, you could just say, you know, U2 arena rock is pretty much your typical worship sound. Um, once again, I think that the challenge or the, you know, the fun thing about trying to figure out worship songs is that if it's a screamo worship song, yes, I love it and I will love it all day. But try to sing that in church. There's not, I don't think you can have hundreds of people <laughs> screaming as, you know, a worship song. I don't think it would work as well. I mean, I would love it if it did, but I think that most current and modern worship leaders are trying to find songs that can kind of be universal for everybody that can they can engage into it. And so I think the arena rock YouTube style sound is just how that's worked over the past 20, 30 years. And hopefully that'll change. And I love that music. But I mean, I think that any way that we can express and be creative, we should. Hey, this is Christian from Informants, and you are listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
Courage, the single from Informant's Uprising album. If you've never been to Newfoundland, you need to go. This place is beautiful and the people are absolutely great. Something unusual about this province is that a lot of Newfies use words the rest of us have never heard. And that comes up right now. Creative music tends to be lacking sometimes in the music created by Christians. The nice thing about you guys, I mean, here you are, you're coming from St. John's, Newfoundland. Even though you got to admit to me, are you really from there originally? Because you have no accent at all. Can you speak Newfoundland for me right now? Uh, on, the, on the fly, I don't know if I can. I could say a few Newfie, uh, few Newfie sayings for you if you want. The other guys, I mean, it'll come out every now and then, especially if I'm around some other fellow Newfies, but some of the other guys in our band, like Dion, he has a very thick accent. So if you want to hear some nice Newfie uh, accents, then you should go talk to him. It was great. I spent a few weeks in Newfoundland this summer, and I actually had a Newfoundland dictionary which was really handy when I asked someone for directions, and he says, it's down to the drawing, past the flake. I actually knew what he meant, that I was going down the lane, past the drying rack for the fish. <laughs> well, they, I mean, you're already better than 90% of most people that talk to Newfoundlanders. It's honestly so funny. Sometimes we'll have a conversation with people that we don't know at a table or whatever, and they'll just pretend that they know what we're saying, but they really don't because they're just trying to be polite, and it's just really <laughs> funny. So. You're coming from the oldest city in North America. Your music is a lot newer style. Do you ever have trouble getting it accepted? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, funnily enough, it's not just in Newfoundland. It's, it's all over Canada and the U.S. I think that people are just used to a specific way of doing worship. And, and uh, I think that hopefully that'll change. But I think that just takes time for people to understand and, and learn new things and try to be part of a new culture. And yeah, we definitely, definitely all the time, there's people that don't know how to respond to what we do. You are getting the recognition, and really, I guess, some success with that, too. Informance is an East Coast Music Award winner. You know, in the past, you've won GMA Covenant Awards, and now you get six nominations for the 2018 Covenant Awards. That's something. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I did not expect six nominations. It's pretty exciting. I'm just really scared. I really hope we win at least one because <laughs> I don't want to be the band that has six nominations and zero wins. <laughs> just kidding. Now, honestly, just having our name in front of some of those people, I never, ever expected that we'd ever been able to do that. And so some of the people that I respect and appreciate so much that our name is next to theirs, it's honestly mind-blowing, and we feel so humbled and, and to be part of it. And uh I'm just so happy that I get to play music, period, and, and that I am part of a worship band in Canada and that we've been able to do it this long. It might all end tomorrow, I don't know, but uh, I'm just really grateful that I've been allowed to have the chance to do it, you know? Like, I'm in Newfoundland, I'm here hanging out in Toronto now after playing, you know, playing, uh, you know, worship for a night, and I get to go eat a bunch of sushi tomorrow, hang out, you know? Like, it's just, it's, I just feel really grateful, and we all feel really grateful that we get to do this, so we got to bring this into the real world, too, because you've got to make money to do this. I already know what the ferry costs are coming from Newfoundland, and it's significant. How do you do that with the touring? You've got to be able to at least pay for your ferry bill. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a thing that we do because we want to get paid. <laughs> it's uh, We do it because we feel the purpose behind it, and we've uh, had to do a lot of hard things and work really hard to be here. But I think if you have a spirit of gratitude that you're lucky that you get to do this, we talk to people everywhere all across Canada and people that have, you know, success and, and cash and all these things. And they say, you know what, I wish I could do what you do or I wish that I followed my dreams. And so um, money's not everything. And, and, and we feel like, you know, as Jesus followers, money's not something we should be, be the first thing that we pursue. And so we're not doing music for the finances, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, we've, we've gotten by, thankfully, so. Okay, I want to get back to the music for a minute. Now, I mentioned about the indie rock aspect, but really on Informant's latest release, Uprising, it's got a mix of styles. I mean, some tracks are virtually ambient, others are post-rock. And then you have a harder sound on songs like the album opener, Attention. Are variations a good idea? We just, we wanted to try to fit as much of the stuff that we love as possible on the record. I'm a huge fan of post-rock. I love it to death, and it really fits with the worship. 
but I also love hardcore music, and so especially with crazy drums and, and drum and bass mixed together, and so we just came up with our ideas and we said we want to try to make it as versatile as possible. And so the first track is really hardcore influence, and then the very last track is a modern hymn. So it's like we just wanted to write stuff that we loved, and so that's what we did. not a typical worship song from informants. The more I listen to the band's music, the more I'm enjoying this. And that was the band's hard music roots coming through on attention. The next time on The Antidote, this program will focus on the horror of human trafficking. It's a rough topic that David Zock, vocalist of Remedy Drive, deals with as he works with The Exodus Road, an abolitionist group that works to crush human slavery. And this isn't one of those easy spokesperson type of positions. David goes on covert operations in Southeast Asia. His story is incredible, and so is the music. As usual, I'm about to go way over time, so it's time for me to shut up. Christian Victory of Informants speaks more about the band's music style and picks our closing song. Have a good one, and I'll see you next week. Uprising is very different from your debut release, Worship and Mission, which had more of an art rock style. I mean, with some syncopated rhythms. It was unusual. Is Uprising the sound that you're going to try to keep? 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. I find that when you write songs, they, they just come to you. And I'm not sure what that's going to look like in the future. We definitely are very intentional about what we write. I think when, when I wrote for Worship and Mission, it was very different than Uprising. When I wrote Worship and Mission, actually, um, I was just getting married and uh, my old band just finished. And some of those songs that we had written for the old band. Um, Your old hardcore band. Well, they weren't, we weren't actually hardcore, but we were definitely a lot heavier. We'd have screamers with us and stuff. Um, but yes, so our whole other band, we had some other songs written, and I was trying to raise money because my wife and I were trying to go and do some um, outreach and humanitarian work overseas. Just trying to find out creative ways to make some money and, and fundraise, and so I had these songs left over, and it was just me, and I wanted to, like I said, raise some cash, and so we put this record out and tried to just sell CDs, and I never imagined that it would turn into what it did now. So the difference between Worship and Mission and Uprising is that after you know some success with Ezekiel, our middle record, we had a bit of a budget to do a, a much more professional record, and we got a producer for the first time. Um, before that, everything was written mostly by me and, and the guys as well. And now we had a producer and we had a bit of a budget. And so then we just said we want to be intentional about everything. And I think the other difference, too, is that um, this record, Uprising, um, had a lot more hands in it. So we, we really wanted to make it so all four of us had a say. And so things have changed a little bit that way as well. Like our other singer, uh, Josh, he wrote a bunch of songs on that record as well. And so uh, it is different. I don't know what the, how it's going to sound in the future, but that's what it is right now. I'm saving a rough one for the last. If Informance was forced into a really tough spot where you had only enough time to play a single song instead of a full set, what would you choose? Oh, gosh. Um... Um, this is an older song. I'd probably pick Start in Me. It's, it's kind of the heart of what we do as, as informants, and it's a song that is really special to all of us. And so um, even though it's an older song, that's probably their, our, our theme song. Christian, thanks so much for joining The Antidote, and enjoy your sushi tomorrow. <laughs> I honestly can't wait. Thanks so much for having me. I want to see difference.
Oh, 